everyone. My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the three of us bring a fic to talk about. Um, and this episode, Nick is up first. So, Nick, tell us about your fic. I will. So, my fic for this episode is called I Could Not Travel Both and Be One Traveler by Goodbye Lover. It is a fic for the K-pop group Stray Kids. And the pairing is Chan slash Felix. Reed, what did you bring? My fic is All Night, All Right by More Than Slightly. It is for the fandoms Young Avengers and Hawkeye Comics, and the pairing is Kate America. Brenna, what's your fic? Yeah, my fic is called Careful Fear and Dead Devotion by Hardly the Wiser. It's for Formula One RPF, a fandom I'm decidedly not in, <laughs> but have read a lot of fic for. Uh, the pairing is Daniel Max, and I'm really excited to talk about it later. Hey, ficlets. None of us are in mortal peril. We're just here to normally <laughs> record an episode. Or so we think so Yeah, I far. guess as far as we know. Our our friend Nick is hey. good. Yeah, has been really normal, like their mm-hmm. normal self. Everything's been really chill and fine. Yeah. 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 It's but you know, it's November. I'm turning over a new leaf, as you do. <laughs> Uh-huh, for November. <laughs> really excited Generally, to show my best self to the ficlets. Yeah. I, I would say most people, when they think about, like, okay, when during the year are they going to, like, make a change <laughs> in their lives? Like, yeah. a concentrated <laughs> effort. It's generally November 1st. Yeah, for November most. resolutions. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, just in case you're maybe listening to these out of order or something <laughs> or didn't listen to our horror special, um... It's a bit of a departure from what we normally do. I don't want to say too much about it because if you have listened, horns. yeah, pew 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 pew. Um, I personally think it is best experienced going in not knowing too much about it. Um, but yeah, like I said, definitely a departure from our usual. So a huge, huge thank you to everyone for um, giving it a shot. Uh, so far, the feedback has been very positive and it has been very encouraging. Thank you. Wow, brag a little, Reed. I mean, it has been. People have been very nice, and I was very worried about it. I wasn't. I did. I thought people were going to like it. Uh. I thought it was good. I was like, great, here we go. <laughs> Everyone's going to love it. Um, but yes, thank you to everyone who's listened so far and sent us their reactions or their kind words about uh, how much they enjoyed it. And yeah, again, if you haven't listened, we don't want to give too much away. But uh, it's definitely different than our usual episodes, but... I think it was a lot of fun. We might revisit something like that in the more distant future <laughs> the when future. we have regained the ability to do so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And one last very special thank you to friends of the pod, Cassie, Avery, Tilly, and Isabel for helping out with the horror special. We appreciate you very much. Opening up the Discord and um, seeing the episode talk channel just entirely blacked out in spoiler text <laughs> was so gratifying. It was good. Speaking of both the ficlets and our Discord, going back a little bit further in time, um, due to how we record these episodes, we haven't gotten a chance to sort of talk about this or shout it out until now. Uh, but a couple episodes ago was our anniversary episode, so very exciting for us. Um, all of us were having a little bit of a um, hmm, rough 
enough is maybe too strong a word. Um, just very busy. Wretched. Very, very, very busy. <laughs> well, not we wretched. Just, we were slightly discombobulated as hosts yes. <laughs> in that moment. Um, and completely did not see it coming that a bunch of our lovely ficlets in the Discord had put together some anniversary surprises and gifts that just completely bowled us over. We were shocked and awed in the best way possible, I and think. weeping. Yeah. yeah. I was like actively crying for like half the day. <laughs> I was like on the streets of redacted city that Brent and I just moved to, like shouting at my phone, like trying not to be weeping in public. Um, yeah. I did end up weeping back in my Airbnb room. Mm. It's understandable. Yeah, I was um really holding it in in the car dealership, <laughs> waiting for them to finish work on my car. Admittedly, it took me a little bit to get through everything because I was in the middle of some very busy life stuff, but it was very motivating. Yeah, well, so we were supposed to put out our anniversary episode on October 1st. Um, and as Bren said, due to our current life circumstances, we were just like, oh, you know what? We're going to have to push this back a week and we'll have one less episode in October. And that's sad, but it's OK. Um, and like among just the three of us, Nick had pointed out like a couple weeks previous, like, Hey, like last year for our anniversary, we got together. We had like cake in a park together. And this year we haven't done anything. Like we haven't really celebrated. And we were like, ah, we're too busy. We'll celebrate later. (laughs) And the fitness came in with like a dozen spoilers without context. And we were like, haha, this is fun. They just made them for nothing. Like little clowns. They had spoilers without context. And we were like, this is fun. We had no like. Like, what was I thinking? Like, what? What did I... I don't understand my own reaction to that. <laughs> Looking back. It's like, wow, this is so nice. They made spoilers without context for... I don't know. I'm not going to think I didn't, about it or I didn't think it. about that. Literally, it was like, oh, well, we're not putting out an episode. So to make up for it, the ficlets are just making random memes. Yeah, yeah. As if it could have been a spoilers without context. That's or where I my brain went. it might have been from, like, past episodes because my mind is a sieve. And, like, I, I don't know. Maybe been, we like, talked Discord about stuff for, like, I didn't... I hadn't read personally like <laughs> yeah conversations i'd missed no they were spoilers without context for an entire like two plus hour episode that the ficlets made in the style of this podcast anyway this all to say thank you so much to all of you wow 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 yeah there are too many of you to name individually i'm so sorry but you know who you are and um no you but know if, you, if you contributed too. in any way uh to that thank you so much it really made our day also if you didn't but you are just like a supporter and a ficlet and involved at all or listen thank you as well for making this podcast what it is um we really appreciate each and every one of you we talk a bunch i think about the discord server and stuff but truly each and every one of you who listens even if you don't chime in in the discord or even if you don't follow us on twitter or whatever if you are here listening wherever you are you are very much appreciated yeah i think just between the three of us it's or at least for me it's very easy to forget that we make a podcast that like people listen to that is part of their <laughs> lives <laughs> yeah like it still in some ways feels like we're sitting down at our little thick brunch in Los Angeles wearing our matching gray sweaters talking about fan fiction <laughs> that I'm like reading under the table because I forgot to finish it before we met up. Yeah. Remember how yeah. you used to bring discussion questions for us? I did. Maybe it was like the first doing that again. two times. Maybe oh we should do God. an old school I found them in my notes. <gasps> style episode at some point. <laughs> old school as in Nick reads the fic on we, air? Yeah. Nick, Nick reads the I fic could. while we discuss it. We bring 
discussion questions and we actively eat brunch while we're <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Like, like, a great experience for everyone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what I'm trying to say um, <laughs> is just that I think it really bowled me over to hear people talk about the way the podcast is part of their lives of listening to it at work or listening to it in the car in their apartment or talking about it with friends or thinking about what fix they would bring. Like all of that is so it makes what we do so alive. And I think, I mean, I, I know that the three of us at least sent quite a few messages to each other of like, we are going to make the rest of this podcast so good for the thicklets. <laughs> <laughs> Our passion. Don't expect too much from this episode. It's just normal. But yeah, <laughs> um, it definitely rekindled a lot of energy, I think, that all of us have always had for the show. But especially when things are uh, busy and a little overwhelming in life, it's nice to remember that like, there are a lot of reasons we're doing this and they're not just for us. And I think that's a really special thing. Yeah, I think I said this in the Discord server for anyone who saw it there. But just like, I think from the very beginning, we were so much like, okay, we're not setting out to like make this podcast some like big, huge, popular thing. We set out with the very much the intention of it being like for people in fandom and for like what whoever we could kind of attract who is like like minded in the ways that they like think about fan fiction, enjoy fan fiction, all of that kind of stuff. So I think it was just like very validating towards that original goal of ours that like we knew from the beginning it was going to be so much about like could we find the right community to like tap into with this pod and like yeah it was just like I know people say like oh well like we're the ones who made the podcast and like made the discord and stuff so in some ways we built the foundation for it but like it's everyone who listens and like chimes in and is in the server or follows us on Twitter or participates in our events that like actually or follows us community. on Tumblr. We're so sorry. Oh, don't talk about that one, baby. <laughs> we need to stop bringing it up. We need to just like Nick, please. No, I like it. Caution tape that I've carefully put around the Tumblr. Um, but yes, thank you so much for really like building the community that exists around this pod. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. You know what you can find on our Tumblr, though? Um, is it updated info about episodes that we put out? No, but we are <laughs> now, I mean, as of today when we're recording, but also definitely <laughs> as of when you listen to this, um, our signups for our rec exchange are live. Yay! Beep, 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 beep. Woo! Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, yes. So Ficklets, if you are new around these parts, you might have heard us talk about it on the show before, unless you're like really new. Welcome. Hey, thanks for not starting at episode one. We appreciate it. Um, (laughs) It's better now. Uh, Every year. So this is going to be our third, which is wild to me. We host a rec exchange for the holidays. So instead of exchanging fan works that you create for somebody like a fic exchange or like an art exchange or like a big bang or something uh, we are working with what we've got uh, which is existing fan fiction that we read and enjoy so uh, all of the info and the timeline and everything is in our tumblr but we are super super excited to be launching again this year so if you're feeling like you might be intrigued by this but want a little bit more information without going to look at the Tumblr right away, uh, basically how it works is that you offer a few fandoms that you feel like you are well-versed in the fan fiction of, and then you request a few fandoms. They can be the same ones if that's just like your absolute favorite thing. Maybe the fandoms that you're looking to get into that you've read a few fics for but want new recs, anything like that. So you're in the style of like something like, say, Yuletide. You're offering a few fandoms and you're requesting a few fandoms. 
we then do our best to match you up with someone else who is knowledgeable about the fandom or fandoms that you've requested, um, and they will provide you some recs that you will get on the 1st of January as a little New Year's present. Um, we do ask that you try and supply at least like one or two, quote, bigger fandoms. Uh, it does get quite difficult to match people if most of your requests are for either like smaller or like more niche fandoms. You're welcome to put them out there and we would try our best, but sometimes we have to reach out to you to find out more fandoms that you're interested in. So try and offer a balance, request a balance. And uh, in the past, I think we've been pretty successful at matching people. Uh, it's really fun to read through everyone's recs. So yeah, I highly recommend participating. I've only heard good things from the people who have in the past, and hopefully we'll see you in our sign-up sheets. We do, as Brenda just alluded to, put a full list out at the end of like every rec that was sent in. So you can see all of them. It is a hefty Google Doc, or at you least it was last for year. Months. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, yeah. even joking. You get to see, like, what people liked about a fic, like, why they think it was worth wrecking. Also, just a side note, something that I really love about the wreck exchange is the wildcard wrecks, which is basically, like, if you opt in, which most people tend to, you can say, like, hey, whatever fic you like, even if it's not for a fandom I asked for, like, feel free, like, to throw it at me if it's something you really, really love. Um, and so that's always fun because people get to be, like, I know you're not in this fandom, but this is my favorite fan fiction of all time and I want everyone to read it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, like, this... I know you're not in this fandom, but I saw that in your likes, you like this thing, this thing, and this thing, and they're all in this fic for this other mm -hmm. fandom I'm in, which I yeah. think is also super fun. Yeah. All right, ficlets. So in our horror special, if you've listened, you will know that we were scared, alone, trying to find our way home. In this next fic, Felix is scared somewhat alone and also trying <laughs> to find his way home. Nick, <laughs> take it away. Oh, I will. <laughs> So my fic for this episode is I Could Not Travel Both and Be One Traveler by Goodbye Lover. It is a fic for Stray Kids, which is a K-pop group, as I said, and the main pairing is Chan slash Felix. Um, it's about 14,000 words long, a little bit more. Um, personally, I think that this is a really fun fic to read unspoiled. So here's my recommendation, ficlets, if you're interested. Uh, go leave the episode well okay listen to me say this first and then leave the episode <laughs> otherwise you won't know what to do <laughs> uh, it's, just it's leave leave the know. episode yeah, see you later no um stay here first <laughs> and watch the music videos for stray kids district nine miro i feel like is optional and then side effects is essential watch those two or three videos read this fic and then come back it's my tip for you um only if you want to i'm not your boss but you know if you're interested if you're going to okay. read it, though, like, definitely watch the music videos. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you are not going to know what's happening. Um, all right. Just wanted to say that. Um, I was super excited to bring this fic. Um, as I just alluded, it does follow basically this author's uh, fictionalized, well, it's all fiction, um, but their idea of a storyline between these videos and how they can be connected with each other. Um, there's also references to a handful of like the song's lyrics and such inside of the fic. Uh, it has a lot of experimental form. It does some interesting things with like literal format of the text on the screen and different ways to play with the way the language looks. Um, I really love this fic. It's one of my favorite ones in this fandom. I am super excited to talk about it because 
I just feel like it is suited very well to a discussion. I, it's suited well to me wanting to discuss it on the podcast and <laughs> doing it because I'm a host and I can bring it to the podcast is yeah. really what it is. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts. I am hey, super Nick. excited. Oh, yes. Oh, are there content warnings? Great question, yeah. Reed. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> So the content warnings for this fic, um, I'm going to say them. They are a bit spoilery. So if you're still here, um, you were thinking about going and reading the fic, but you you stayed on a little too long, go. Okay. The content warnings for this fic are um, Felix, we, we're in his POV, um, and there is some amount of distress that he has and like potential injury. There's like something going on with him that is upsetting to him. Uh, we find out what it is later, but just FYI, there is that thread of... I don't know, kind of anxiety through a good amount of this piece. Um, there are quite a lot of um, either off-screen or in flashback references to dystopia and dystopian violence. Um, forced drugging is mentioned. And additionally, Felix does undergo some memory loss that is later explained in the fic, and he gets the memories back in the end. So that's my spoilery content warning that's kind of vague. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say any of this is particularly graphic. Um, so I would say if, if you're really sensitive to one of these topics, keep that in mind going in. If not, I don't think that um, it's going to hit you too, too hard. So in this fic, uh, we pick up with Felix. He's in his squad of boys, also known as the Stray Kids. Um, it's an AU, very much an AU. Um, so they're not actually also known as the Stray Kids in this, I guess. Um, they're just eight friends. Um, and the fic basically deals with Felix. Uh, he... They're going on some trip together. Chan is keeping it a surprise from him. He's not sure where they're going. Uh, the first third into the first half of the fic is about Felix uh, dealing with a very persistent headache and trying to navigate the tensions between his friends as he figures out where they're going and what's happening. And then things start to devolve. Um, so without getting into too much of the actual content of the rest of the story, because I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, he starts to understand that his perception of what's going on is not actually what is happening. And we get to watch as he both um, starts to remember what had happened before this, before the start of the fic, and understand what the journey is that he's actually on, what it's going to ask of him, and how it relates to the rest of the group. So, yeah, that's that's a as spoiler-free of an arc as I can give you. Um, before we jump into the specifics and particular moments that I thought were interesting or cool or impactful. So, yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, I have read this fic now four times. Good for me. Um, I think it's super fun on a reread as well, but we'll talk about that too. Um, my my co-hosts, Reed and, Reed and Brenna, I almost said my hosts, mm -hmm. like parasitic um, no, 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 my co-hosts. <laughs> I like that parasitic to you is just snap teeth. Yeah. Well, it's me laughing. Yeah, Brenna on. threatened to bite me for the um, benefit yeah, yeah. of the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're my host, then I think I'm the parasite, right? Yeah. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm well, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay, well, like, anyway, like what did you think of my pick? <laughs> Yes, I am familiar with the Stray Kids um, and these music videos. I, yeah, I, I will say definitely rewatch both of them before you read this or like watch both of them if you're not familiar or like haven't seen them recently. Um, 
because I just watched side effects before reading the fic uh, the first time. And then Nick today was like, mm, we should really have rewatched District <laughs> yes. 9, too. And I watched that and I was like, oh, yeah, that did help a lot, actually. Well, so you get to benefit so... from the trial and error of your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely say watch both. Also, like, as most of you will know, unless it's your very first episode of Fit Click, in which case, welcome. Um, we are not a spoiler-free podcast, so Nick kind of gave you a spoilerish free intro to this. But like, as we That's discuss it get. further, we're gonna we're gonna completely be spoiling the full thing. So just like heads up, um, most of you are already aware of that that aspect. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really interesting fic. I didn't. I like before I opened it up I kind of couldn't remember exactly what Nick had pitched it as other than like it did I remembered it being in reference to the side effects music video um but like I didn't know what direction it was going to go with that at all um I've not read a lot of Stray Kids fic despite very much enjoying them as a K-pop group uh so it was definitely fun to uh, read this and also kind of branch outside of what I would normally like pick up on my own I think like it's always interesting for a fandom where like I am familiar with it and I have read some to then see like what one of my co-hosts is is reading over there <laughs> as well and like what I definitely would not necessarily have like clicked on right off the bat. Um I'm also just like you know this about me. I'm I'm such a like canon fic kind of gal. Yes. Like <laughs> I always go for that first. Um Yeah, this is not that. <laughs> this is a, this is very much an AU. Um I thought it was a really ambitious fic like what it decided to do with the side effects music video and like district nine and in Miro as well but uh and how it like wove those together and created kind of a bigger story out of them I thought was really interesting uh so I'm excited to kind of get into that and how the fic does its world building um and yeah the I have a lot of thoughts on the ending we're gonna get to that one (laughs) (laughs) but I have a lot to say there (laughs) so yeah get ready for my opinions on that front (laughs) Brian's opinion corner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh <Ooh>, baby <laughs> yeah there's so many that I usually don't even share on the pod but <laughs> this time you're getting some of them um yeah. so yeah I'm really excited to like get into discussing some of the actual like scenes and stuff um I will say unfortunately I don't think this hit quite as hard for me as it might have for Nick and I think some other like friends who have heard mention it which is not to say that I didn't think it was a good fic like it's really a matter of personal taste and I think like just some of the things it did didn't resonate with me as much but as I was reading it I could definitely understand why other people would gravitate towards it as much as they do um but I think some of it just didn't quite hit fully for me but I still think it did a lot of really interesting things that I'm excited to talk about yes um my relationship with the stray children is complicated. (laughs) um (laughs) Facebook status it's complicated (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, so I am into K-pop. Most of my very close friends are into Stray Kids. I don't really follow the group except for that I think Felix is the most perfect boy in the entire world. (laughs) That being said, do I know him? Okay, here's the thing. Like, I really do not know a lot about the Stray Kids, like, in terms of personalities or anything. Both is the, like quote-unquote real versions of themselves, I guess, that they present to camera and as the personalities or characters that maybe fandom chooses to sort of take and write and are the most popular iterations in fic. Like, I I don't know either of those. Um, 
I also, I know some of their discography, but not all of it, as evidenced by the fact that I watched the side effects music video, and then I read the fic, and then at the bottom it said, also influenced by Miro and District 9, and I went, yes, Miro, that Stray Kids song, and District 9, that movie about the aliens I watched in 2009. Yes, yes. And I, I actually not... think it really lends an interesting so uh, aspect to this fic if we think about it as yeah. having been influenced by unintentional, the fascinating movie. synthesis. Yeah, I really I'm excited to get into that part of the discussion. <laughs> I don't even remember District Nine that well. I watched it literally in theaters in 2009, and I was like, aliens, dystopia, kind of. Apartheid South Africa. Mm-hmm. That's it. I did, and I was baffled. I didn't. Anyway, I found out yeah. later. Yeah. Just yeah. Read the whole thing, get to the end notes and try to like move it around. Reconcile like, that. Where are the aliens though? <laughs> Maybe it's a metaphor. I was like the the dystopian vibes. No, I mean yes, the dystopian vibes came from District Nine, but different source material. Different District Nine. Yes. Yes. Um. Anyway. I, I think I had a similar overall experience to Brenna, but in different directions. Um, there were things about this fic that I really, really liked and that I think landed really well and things that didn't land as well for me. But the things that didn't land as well are like, I, I don't know these boys. And so stuff like the ship, I know it's this like big thing. But in when we start out the fic, like one of the first sentences about Felix's feelings for Chan and like it was one of those things where, the, you know, the I feel like most of the people reading this fic are probably Stray Kids fans who are who are there for the Chan look. So they don't need to see the, like, why Felix feels this way and stuff. But we for me, I was know. like, right. For me, this relationship maybe, like, didn't... I, I understood conceptually that Felix had these feelings for Chan, but I guess I didn't really see where they came from, so that didn't... It just didn't resonate as much. Um, I think the little interpersonal moments maybe didn't land as much just because I didn't have anything to back them up. Like, I don't know about the the dynamics of the friendships within the group and what people latch onto and and whatnot. That all being said, though, this fic did some wild things that I really liked. We've talked about um, fics taking big swings before, and I think this fic definitely took some big swings. Um, <laughs> I didn't remember much about what Nick had told us, apart from it's based on side effects, and like you said that it was like different and really cool. And I, oh my god, when things started getting really whack in the fic, I was like, hello? Because um, the first time you see something go strange is they're in a field and they're heading to some unknown destination and Felix is like, Chan, where are you taking us? And Chan is like, haha, you'll see. And it's bright and sunny and they're on this like, they're in this little like safari truck and it's all good. And then someone asks one of the boys, I can't remember, like, oh, like how long have we been going? And he says, I think 64 hours is the number. 68. But it's like 68. Um, but it's like 68 out. And then like the O part of hours just gets like dragged out, mm-hmm. out, 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 out. There's how many lines, Nick? I know you said you counted. 68. Are there actually 68? Yes, I So there are 68 O's in each individual line. Oh, my God. I yeah. just um, scrolled really fast, so I did not count <laughs> I mean, I didn't count until, what, the fourth time I read it. <laughs> I kind of had to guess that that was what it was. Yeah. Uh, but so so the first time you, like, you already get the vibe that something is not right, but the first time you see the fic sort of take a departure from, I guess, like, quote-unquote standard fic is in this uh, 68 O's in a row <laughs> um, in their own individual lines. And I was like, okay, stuff is about to get weird. And it did. And I liked the way that it got weird. So, yes. Okay, lots not to, talk to be about pedantic about it. That's technically the second time. Um, I want to talk about the formatting of this fic because I have a lot of feelings about it. And I think it is literally my favorite thing about it. Um, this is, like, the only thing I took notes on for this discussion. <laughs> like, let's, I took notes for this episode. Please be proud of me. Um, So the very first thing that we get is actually there's a paragraph um, where letters are underlined. 
Um, it's a description of some scenery. And uh, let's see if I can find it. Dun, dun, dun. I can't find it. Wherever it is, um, there's a paragraph and there's those letters underlined. And if you take all of the letters and you kind of put, put them together, they spell out, this is a lie. So oh. I remember vividly for the first time getting to that paragraph and like I had to stop. I like put down my phone. I was reading on my phone for once. I put down my phone and I was like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> what is going on? And like there is something you've you've all heard me say this before, I think, but something about an author like doing something ambitious and doing it really confidently like to underline letters in a paragraph and like some Taylor Swift style secret code. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just obsessed like to say like this is a lie. So you, you get that piece uh, very soon after it is the Jungin frowns tugging out his phone and thumbing the screen on 68 uh, hours. Uh, but for 68 <laughs> Thank lines. you for showing us what the uh, yeah, yeah. version of this would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh God. I don't know how you would even do that. Um, yeah, so that's a big piece of it. Uh, later on, you get letters, um, like sentences being mirrored backwards, basically. Like the letters aren't backwards, but the all of the words are spelled backwards, like the sentence is backwards, if that makes sense. There's also letters flipped upside down at another part. And there is a whole section of binary code that I thought was extremely cool. Um, and I think all of that, like that was really my favorite thing about this fic, because it's not stuff that I've really seen done. Um, some of it, of course, right? People do interesting things and it's it's fun to mess around with form. But especially in this fandom where you can't throw a pebble without hitting a university AU, uh, which is fine. <laughs> but in university, they're not like speaking in binary code to each other <laughs> in their own memories because they're trapped in their own mind. Spoilers. Like, beep, beep, I beep. Just, if you, <laughs> it's too late now, y'all. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the sauce of it. Um, I just absolutely loved the that 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 was done in this fandom that like other people weren't aren't weren't and aren't doing this kind of thing in this fandom i think for me that's one of my favorite things about it when people do something new and interesting and they aren't necessarily looking to an example i love fic of fic we talk a lot about fic of fic on this podcast that's not really what this one feels like um i wouldn't say it feels like original fiction either it pulls on a lot of things from the music videos it pulls on a lot of kind of known tropes of the genre and conventions of it uh, pulls on like characterization moments um, and at the same time it felt different from other things I had read for this fandom for k-pop in general um, and it just got me excited I don't know I love to feel hyped I love to have like my body react to something that I'm reading and I think that was one of the biggest I've said this before I knew that um, Brennan Reed probably would not enjoy this as much as I did honestly I'm glad we've been doing this show for so long because I feel like it's given me the confidence <laughs> to be like I want to talk about it anyway <laughs> And I am going to bring all of my energy to this discussion um, and know that they're still going to like bring their perspectives and have things to say that are going to be interesting that I hadn't thought of. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I, I was so excited that it gave me so much energy and like, I don't know, brought up such a physical reaction in me because I think that is often what I take most from a fic. Like that's what pulls me the most as opposed to world building or characterization or things like that. Like just, I don't know, the rawness of it I really loved. Yeah, I think sort of off of that, one of the things that I did really like about this fic was picking apart the weirdness as it was happening and trying to figure out what the hell was going on. 
Um, I unfortunately did not give myself enough time to reread this fic before recording like I wanted to because I think it would be really, really interesting to go back into it knowing a lot more um, because, oh boy, was I lost for a good, like, the first half of this fic, but you're kind of supposed to be. Like, it is supposed to be absolutely baffling, Um, as Nick very quickly alluded to, like, Hello, all the stray children are inside of Felix's brain. Because um, he, I mm, sci-fi stuff. He's he's plugged in, and <laughs> they're all in his brain. <laughs> well, it's complicated, and I'm sure we might we'll get to that bit of it like properly later. But for me, the first scene where I started like picking up the pieces to like form them into something coherent was uh, Felix is asleep. And Changbin and Jisung are having a conversation. Changbin's like, I think we're pushing him too hard. And Jisung's like, I don't think it's as dire as you think. Like, did you see the city? And immediately I was like, okay, I'm thinking about the Matrix where, like, they're in one world that looks normal. But, like, when you sort of, like, quote, unquote, awaken yourself, you're actually in this, like, horrible, techie, dystopian nightmare. Um, And I was also thinking about Inception because it comes up so much more on this pod than you think it will. We're back to Inception. Um, I actually have, unfortunately, a lot to say about Inception. (laughs) I am so sorry, everyone. No, don't apologize. Like, we just reference it so much more than I think we would. And, like, why? I don't it's More than the average person thinks about the movie Inception. (laughs) surely well i don't think about it until i read fix for this podcast and then i'm like oh this makes me think about inception anyway my point of this is that um those were sort of the vibes that i was picking up but i wasn't really sure if i was right um and even though the author did not cite either of these movies in their end notes just like they didn't cite the 2009 movie district nine (laughs) um even though they didn't actually cite it i ended up being i think pretty right like there is the dystopian stuff, like, literally Felix has a port in the back of his head that he gets plugged into to, like, go fight an AI in, like, the Matrix, and they all plug themselves in to go, like, rescue him from his own brain. And I was like, that felt really gratifying, because, like, for a fic that is pretty confusing on purpose to um, know that I was sort of, like, putting the pieces together correctly, like, helped me find my footing, um, especially given, as I said, that I'm not super familiar with the fandom. Like, I think I appreciated having some bit of solid ground in this fic um so I liked the way that that came together yeah I think one of the things I really enjoyed about this fic was that in addition to sort of like the formatting stuff and like Reed mentioned the sort of sci-fi aspects that you are picking up on as you start to navigate this world that they're in one of the other ways that you kind of realize that things aren't right is Felix's relationship with the other members. Um, and I really enjoyed that part. I feel like that actually gave me a lot of the like early clues as to what was going on. I They didn't necessarily inform exactly what ended up happening. Like the <laughs> sort of tech glitchy stuff definitely helped more with that. But just the general sense of something is wrong here and something is wrong with Felix in particular like came very early I think based on how the other members are treating him and then there's stuff as you go through like about how he keeps feeling like Chan's kind of hiding something from him or like avoiding him that I thought was really interesting um and yeah just like kind of like Reed mentioned these comments from other members that seem to be discussing something other than what's at hand because as far as we know at the beginning they are just like college students going on a trip that Chan has planned um that is obviously not the reality of it but I like the way that this both devolves in terms of like the actual physical setting and like what's happening to them but it also is like devolving in terms of like their relationships and how much the other members are able to tell them like how much the other members are able to conceal from Felix and when they start to slip up and that starts to give us big clues into what's happening um 
Yeah, for a while I thought Felix, like, had just sort of been through something traumatic that caused him to, like, forget. Or that the painkillers he was taking were causing something traumatic to happen to his memory. Because, again, it's side effects. Like, so I was very (laughs) focused on this medication that he was taking. Um, I was like, there's a side effect feeling. (laughs) Um, That's... Yeah, something traumatic did happen to Felix, but, like, not exactly in the way that I was imagining at the beginning. But, yeah, I just, like, I think for me, some of the, like, world-building sci-fi stuff didn't hit as well because I'm just, like, very picky about science fiction. And I hadn't rewatched the District 9 music video, so I didn't really realize that, like, the dystopian world sort of reveal part kind of comes from that in Miro more. So I was kind of just, like, trying to figure out what this world that this author had built from scratch, I thought, was, because I was just thinking about side effects. So (laughs) So it's kind of clownish on my part, too. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I yeah, I think that was just, like, Upon rewatch of those music videos today, I was like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes. So I think that would have kind of helped my initial reading of it because I kind of got distracted by like the what I thought was like just the sort of new world building of this dystopian world and like my own opinions on science fiction that <laughs> um, I found a little bit like took me out of the story a little bit. But I think once you realize that like it's being taken from these other music videos as well like it makes more sense but yeah while that part didn't hit as well for me on like my first read I did like how much everything tied together in terms of the world falling apart and kind of Felix's relationships with the other members kind of deteriorating as well so kind of going off of one thing that you mentioned Brenna um one thing that really flattens me every time I reread this book (laughs) um, I'm sure I will again at some point is the very 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 beginning of Felix talking about how, or thinking about how he's not sure if he wants to change his major. And that's like the big thing on his mind. That, and then he wants to confess to Chan at some point because he's in love with him. What are you, Chan Licks? Um, And it is so, I've talked about this now a couple times, I think on the pod, but something about people who can't have normal lives fantasizing about the most mundane things, like not even the shiniest, happiest version of a university AU, like struggling with what he even wants to do academically. Um, and like not having confessed to his crush like Felix it's your brain you can give yourself whatever you want but somehow this is the thing that he wants it's like the normal challenges and the normal struggles that just absolutely like launch me out of the park like it's a home run baby I'm so (sighs) Felix I don't know there's just something really sweet about it and I think it really endears me to him as our POV character here that out of all the things his brain could do he just wants to go on a trip with his friends as if they're like normal college students. Uh, and like that's that's how he makes sense of everything that's going on. I just find it really wonderful. So I really love that part. And I, I like that you referenced it, Bren, because it really it just really got me. So along the lines of like, Felix, it's your brain. You can make what you want in here. I would like to talk about the ending. And I am so sorry to AO3 user, goodbye lover. I am somewhat going to remove your intentions from the picture right now. <laughs> death of the um, author. Oh, no. <laughs> we, are, we are going a death of the author route in terms of literary analysis. Obviously, I hope yes. you are doing well. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, my God. I love her. <laughs> no, I meant the um, literary analysis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in terms of analysis, we're, we're taking that approach for, for a hot sec over here in, in my corner. Um, So to get back to sort of what we learn in this fic as we progress through it, uh, there's a point at which Chan sort of tries to get Felix to recall what happened before this. 
we learn that they're in this like dystopian world. They're kind of like forced to take some kind of pill and plugged into some kind of interface thing. Um, it's a little bit fuzzy on like the specifics, but basically know that they sort of escape that and try and like alert like the world and kind of stop what's going on um, from these like government overlord people who are doing this to them. So we, we're learning all of that. And then one by one, like the other stray kids kind of have to leave. And Felix realizes that like the only way that he's going to be able to like, get back out of his brain that he's kind of trapped in because his body kind of shut down and they've they've been trying to keep his brain online so he can like find a way back to consciousness, basically. But he realizes that like he's only going to be able to make that journey on his own, like no one can go with him. So he's like walking and walking and he finds this like pit and then he finds like a door and he finds a key to the door and like opens the door and then there's like a break and then we get this very domestic scene of him and chan i do believe the author intended it to be like felix wakes up and, and a while later he gets the happy ending based on sort of like their end notes and everything yeah when the author said it's 2020 we don't need an ambiguous open ending i don't think by that they meant it's sad <laughs> but that's not how i read it baby <laughs> to, to go back to reed's uh inception point i was sort of imagining this as when you take the elevator all the way down in dom's mind and there's sort of like the hotel room with mal um like i was reading this as something that felix had created in his mind to keep himself safe essentially that like he had this realization that he didn't want to admit to himself that he was never going to be able to get out of this so he gave himself like the best thing that he could which i think also like if we're reading it that way the part that nick mentioned early on like really packs a punch yeah <laughs> um so that's totally how I read it. And it was like kind of my favorite part about the fic. So again, I'm so sorry to have a completely, I think, different interpretation of the fic than what the author intended. But like, that's what I'm going with because it really made it for me. Um, like it is the sadder ending, but I also just think it's cool because then it sort of brings up like how much control does Felix have over what's happening in his mind, over this landscape and how much of it is kind of just being pulled from his like subconscious. I don't know. I really like that element of it that I read into it. Not to like toot my own horn, I guess, but like <laughs> I genius. just had a lot of I had a lot of fun with that kind of interpretation of what was going on at the end. It's so freaking good, Bren. I love it. I'm I'm a believer in it now. Thank you. I mean, like, okay, so like it's this seems uh not relevant, but it is, I promise. It's Yuletide time, and I've been going through a lot of people's letters, and a lot of people are like, do not want like unhappy endings, open ambiguous endings, versus the three of us who I know all very much are like, give me that ambiguous ending. Like I don't always need things to be happy and, like, wrapped up neatly in a bow. Um, so I kind of love this reading that is not as nice. Oh, wow. The Ficklick hosts like things that aren't nice. Like, ooh, what a surprise. <laughs> what? Get out your no. bingo cards. Truly. So I Could Not Travel Both and Be One Traveler is a really, really interesting, fascinating, tricky little sci-fi fic um, that I love very much. Um, highly recommend reading it twice uh, if you're so inclined or interested. Um, and also would love to hear from folks who uh, do end up reading it. Also, if you've already read it, I'd really be interested in how you read that last scene. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hit us up. Give us your interpretations. In this fic, Felix experienced many of the side effects of being plugged into a dystopian mainframe and trying to fight his way back to the real world with his friends. Uh, in our next fic, 
Kate experiences the side effects of suppressing her sexuality for many, many years and inviting a woman to be her date to a wedding. So can't wait to discuss that. Take it away, Reed. <laughs> My fic this episode is All Night All Right by More Than Slightly. It is for the fandoms Young Avengers and Hawkeye comics, I think specifically the Fraction comics, uh, at least that's the vibe that I get. The pairing is Kate America and also Clint Natasha and Teddy Billy. Um, this is an AU, uh, no superpowers, they are not famous. Um, Kate is still very good at archery and America does hit things very well, um, but they're just regular people. Um, it's also fake dating, which is uh, super enjoyable. I first read this fic, I think, almost exactly a year ago when I was looking around for a fic rec to give Nick for our like um, host fic rec exchange episode we did last year. Uh, this is in the collection Don't Have to Know the Canon, uh, Femslash Wreckfest. Uh, and I really, really liked it. I ended up finding a fic that felt a little bit more appropriate to gift to Nick, but I just sort of had this one um, sitting in the back of my mind for... A future date and this is that future date um it was really fun to return to it's really tropey in an enjoyable way um we love fem slash we don't get enough of it on this pod i think uh, so it's always fun when we get to talk about it um i am a little bit familiar with the fraction comics i've read the first couple issues i have them um i said i was going to reread them before i recorded this episode and then i didn't my bad um but you know, as it says in the collection, don't have to know canon. Um, I have not read any of the Young Avengers, but I do know that America is a very popular ship. Um, there's definitely some like references to comic stuff. Uh, I'm sure there are even more than I picked up on. Um, so if you do read the comics, I think those are fun little Easter eggs, but um, it's really an easy fic to get into. Sort of on that note, this is a very lighthearted fic for the most part. Uh, it's very funny. Um, not a whole lot of content warnings, but the one that I do want to mention is that, um, minor spoilers, but an apartment does burn down. Um, everyone is okay. Everyone ends up totally fine, but that is in there. Um, so, yeah. There are a lot of things that I really loved about this fic, uh, and I'm really excited to discuss, but as ever, I will turn it over to my co-hosts first. So I did really enjoy this fic. I don't know this fandom, like, at all. Um, I, like, I've heard of these characters, right? I feel like it's hard to be in fandom in general uh, and not hear about Kate Bishop, the the Hawkeye, uh, the, the other Hawkeye. I don't know what her title is, Hawk, Hawk Girl. I don't think that's right. Actually, it's just Hawkeye, she, right? she's Hawkeye, and then Clint gets demoted to Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good Although, was that a canon thing or was that a fanon thing? I mean, he's he's definitely still Hawkeye in the comics, but it might have been a, like, it, I think it is a joke in there, but it's not like, yeah, it's a canon, it's a canon joke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But fandom was like, no, you're fully just Hawkeye now. <laughs> as far as I remember, well. but it has been many years. So I think the three fics we brought this episode all had extremely different energy from each other, which I always like, honestly. Like, it is nice sometimes when we accidentally match very well. Uh, we did complete two-thirds of a theme this episode, which I will happily return to for our next fic discussion for everyone. You might know what it is, but you might not. Um, but just in general, I do really like it when we bring things that are so different from each other. It's fun to still draw connections where we can, but... Uh, even like as a reader, I feel like going into the episode, it's really nice to get different 
vibes. And this fic is so rom-com. It's so like coming into yourself. It is a it is like a sexuality realization oh moment coming out story in its own way. And I found that quite charming. I really liked Kate's POV around it, especially. Um, it's alternating POVs, which I also really enjoyed. I think those can be really fun. Um, I'm coming around. I used to not really be into an alternating POV or a multiple POV. I think, honestly, I like it less in published fiction than I do in fic. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was going to say exactly the opposite thing when it got to my turn. <laughs> well, that's why we're co-hosts and not the same host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't uh, go back to the uh, host Among jokes. the other reasons. <laughs> okay. Well, parasites aside. Um <laughs> I really like this fic. I enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, which is always a nice thing to come to on the pod. And I definitely swooned. I took notes. As I mentioned this episode, I was very studious. So I'm excited to talk about some things that stood out to me there as well. Yeah, I had a very fun time with this fic. I am pretty familiar with the Fraction Hawkeye comics and therefore like that version of Kate Bishop. I don't really know America as well. I have read a few comics that she's in, but like I am not well versed in the America lore. Um, But one thing that's always really fun about this podcast, I mean, fandom in general, but like But to be honest, outside of this podcast, I will often see Rex and then think that looks fun and then never read it. But here, it's it's my (laughs) job. So (laughs) Um, it's your homework to get your reading done. Yeah, but it's always really fun to read something for characters that I have a familiarity with, but like have never touched Vic for. Like I've never read anything for Kate Bishop. Maybe she was a side character in some Marvel fics I've read, but like very minor. Um, So it was fun to read one that really centered her because I always really enjoyed her character in the comics and like the Fraction Hawkeye comics are definitely my favorite like Marvel comic run that I've experienced. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It was just like a very fun little visit to these characters. Um, I will admit that I was kind of a clown and pulled a bit of a nick where I didn't read the tags and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Therefore, did not realize that this was an AU where they were not oh superheroes until I was about halfway through. And, like, this fic does set them up with other jobs, but I thought they were just sort of there to, like, augment <laughs> the <laughs> superpowers. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, in order to, like, legitimize themselves, like, Kate and Clint have become Olympic athletes on top of being Hawkeyes. Or, like, oh, like, isn't it so funny how Steve Rogers is moonlighting as, like, a famous painter? Like, I wonder if people know that he's also Captain America. No, jokes, he's not Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, I have questions, though. Like, if he's not, if he's not Cap, as as Marvel fans Mm -hmm. call him, How's he alive in this century? Hello? He's just some guy that they found in the ice, but he wasn't Captain America. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe he's just, like, so old. He, he, he was on that, young. um, you know that TV show, like, I Shouldn't Be Alive, that used to be on, like, way back in the day? No, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. Okay, hold on. I need to do a Google. Is it's it like, similar to near-death experiences? I have no idea. just, like, really old people. <laughs> no! Like, it's, like, That's someone so who's, sad. like... 
no, I shouldn't be alive was like, oh, like a car fell on me, but oh. I got like a superhuman adrenaline strength and pushed it off me, which is where I was going with Steve Rogers is just a dude. Oh, well, Club. Nick had just said maybe he's just really old. So that's where <laughs> yeah. my brain was at. Like maybe he never went into the ice. He just like yeah, lived out his fair. life and he's famous. Yeah, it, it first like, released in 2005, which is about, I think, the era I was imagining for this. Um, yeah. 2005 to 2012, though, it went for a much longer time than I would have expected. Mm. Um, episode one, season one, shark survivor, to give you an idea of uh, okay. sort of the vibe. Yeah. Plane crash into the Arctic survivor, famous yes. artist Steve yeah. Rogers. Yes, okay, exactly. No, he could realistically still be alive, right? He'd be in his like 80s or like 90s. People are alive. I mean, I guess they're not usually <laughs> famous painters at that age, but you like never say never. Never say never. People I are mean, alive. Yeah. All right. People AO3s are, are more than slightly. I stand corrected. <laughs> he could be alive. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> After that incredible tangent in which we debate the plausibility of Steve Rogers existing in this universe, uh, which is, you know, somewhat TBD still, feel free to weigh in. Um, Yeah, I really had a fun time with this. Uh, I think opposite to Nick, I tend to enjoy multi-POV more in published fiction. I think just because they tend to be longer than, like, the fics that I read often and, like, Multi-POV in fic, I think, can leave me with a sense of, like, not having spent enough time with each character um, or, like, not giving me, like, not letting me, like, dig into one person's, like, perspective. Um, but I also think it's very, like, charming for something that's very, like, rom-com-y. Um, like, I know in published fiction, like, that's one of the places where it's huge to have, like, the dual POVs. Um, so... I think it worked really well here for me. It was very fun to get to see what was going on with both of our main characters here. Um, Yeah, I had a really good time with it. We're going to get, like, into more of the actual details and, like, also some of the side character stuff I thought was really good. Other than, like, famous artist, (laughs) 90-year-old Steve Rogers. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, um, so just to uh, flesh out this fic a little bit more for those of you who maybe didn't read it. Um, basically the fic opens, Kate is at a bar and she is definitely not sulking as she's four beers in because her ex is getting married and she was invited to the wedding. Um, and she's like, I'm hot and awesome and an Olympic medalist. And I am totally not upset about the fact that I'm going to my ex's wedding without a date. Um, and then across the bar, she sees America who she doesn't know being hit on by a creepy dude who is Loki, which I think is so funny. Um, and she's like, I'm going to save this hot girl from being hit on by this weird dude. And then America punches the dude and Kate's like, sick. Uh, they spend, they spend the rest of the evening together just like hanging out. And then America's like, oh, I could be your date to the wedding. And Kate's like, okay. And then both of them are like, internally, maybe this is a bad idea, but they've already committed to it. Um, so you get sort of, uh, a lot of back and forth from both of their POVs where, America isn't sure if, like, Kate is asking her on a date or, like, if this is a more than friends thing or if Kate is straight. Kate, in her head, is like, I'm straight. I just think women are really pretty and I like to think about them a lot and I want to spend all my time around them and I get the butterflies around America and I think all straight girls feel exactly the same way that I do. Um, Oh, honey, you got a big storm coming. (laughs) Yep. In a very funny move, Kate's ex is, like, thrilled to see her. It's, like, that whole scene is very delightful. Um, Yeah, they have their whole little fake dating. They, like, play it up to the audience. Um, 
I'm going to spoil the whole fic for you. They kiss, and then America is like, this is just a charade. And Kate is like, why did this beautiful woman run away from me when I'm in the middle of figuring out that I like women? Um, and then they they resolve it, and it's all good. Um, but that so that's the <laughs> that's the plot of this fic. Um, I loved the dual POV in this. I thought it really helped flesh out both their characters and... You know, as I said, I have like some familiarity with Kate and very little with America, but I really liked getting to know this version of them that existed in this world. And I liked even more getting to sort of see their first impressions of one another, like how they're thinking about themselves and how they're thinking about the other girl versus like when you see that sort of same scene flipped um, from the other perspective. I just thought it was really well done. Um, yeah. And the side characters in this were delightful. I think my favorite scene in the fic was one between Kate and Natasha who is dating Clint in this fic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think one really fun thing about this fic is just how wild the conceit of it is. Um, I didn't fully, like, realize how much Kate believed that she was straight during her first POV <laughs> yeah. until a little bit later. Because um, you get her POV, then you get America's POV, where she's like, hmm, like, I don't usually... Uh, do things this impulsively or like go for girls like this but sure and I was like surely Kate despite thinking she's straight might have panicked a little at this beautiful woman and asked her to be her date at the wedding and then in the next scene after that you have Kate going oh yeah we're going to the wedding as friends and I was like the girl in the bar who you were gonna punch the dude to protect and you do you think like that's not a thing people do Kate <laughs> and then and then you <laughs> bought her a, a drink and then you asked her to go to a wedding with you pal yeah. and like and like fantasized about drinking together on the rooftop of clint's You're apartment yeah. you were like mm -hmm. yeah very is straight of you kate, do, kate? <laughs> is that a thing it just really i thought it was so funny that she was like yes and that's what's gonna happen and we're just gonna be buddies at this wedding <laughs> and of course you know it devolves into a fake relationship because again who who would look at them and be like, ah, just two friends. Like it doesn't, it doesn't track. Um, so I just thought that was a fun like twist on the trope. I've never really seen that before where she, like they get invited as like literally just a friend and the fake dating comes later in the moment. But I just thought it was funny. A couple things that I thought were funny in this fic um, in, in a genuinely like they were humorous to me. <laughs> and I think at least one of them was intended to be <laughs> way. Um, one, I, like, the side characters, I think, in this fic are very good and added a lot of, like, I mean, poignant moments, but also levity, I think. Like, the Clint of this fic is very good and very real, I think, to, like, Fractions comics in a very funny way. Um, I enjoyed him a lot in this. Natasha is definitely the more sort of, like, serious one, I think, uh, which, again, tracks for her character. But, like, yeah, I don't know. The way that they sort of are these almost more like older sibling type figures to Kate in this fic I thought was really enjoyable and like yeah there were just some moments that I thought were really funny between like Kate and Clint and then one other thing that I thought was really funny is how everyone in this fic keeps coming out like yes. obviously like a central point of this is that Kate has to grapple with her own sexuality and like come to terms with that for herself um and there are characters in this fic that we know are queer from the from the get go, uh, including America. But like, there's so many other characters who come out <laughs> during it, and like, yeah, it was both delightful and really funny. 
There's a bit where America steps in and sort of introduces herself as Kate's uh, partner to Kate's ex-boyfriend, who's the one getting married. Um, And he's like, oh, that's great. Like, congratulations. Like, I'm sure Kate told you that I'm also bi. And I just, like, burst out (laughs) laughing. (laughs) Not to, like, invalidate this fictional man, but, like... It was just very funny how every time this seems to come up in this fic, someone else comes out to Kate. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, like, me and my classmates after graduating high school. (laughs) I don't know. It was just, like, really incredible, I thought, because, I mean, yeah, again, like, I do think it's, it's true that sometimes people unknowingly surround themselves with other queer people, but, like... Also, just like the, the sequence of events was really comical. The sequence to of me events in and like, like a delightful Kate's way. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like, it's like, does Kate, did Kate know? Well, like one of my favorite scenes happens just before the wedding where, sort of in a panic, uh, Kate goes to Clint's apartment so she can get advice on like what dress to wear, and Natasha is there. So there's a bit where it's just like Natasha and Kate in Clint's bedroom, and Natasha's like, hey, remember the time we met? And Kate was like, yeah, and I, like, stuttered so bad I couldn't even speak. How embarrassing. And Natasha was like, oh, I just want to say, like, you know, I remember the first time that, like, I realized I could be romantically attracted to women, too. And Kate was like, that, what? That's, mm, that's not what was happening at that time or now. Um, And then Natasha sort of inadvertently outs Clint, like, Clint had thought he'd already come out to Kate. Um, And so... Kate goes back in the room and she goes, am I the only one here who's straight? And Natasha goes, if you say so. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Which is simply incredible. Yeah. A lot of Kate's narration is like, can't a girl be romantically and sexually attracted to women without being gay? It's <laughs> Literally. Like, well, bestie. Um, <laughs> got some news for you, Kate. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> also, I just want to shout out as a very funny line of this fic and yet another queer couple. Um, America boxes at a gym and one of the people she boxes with is Teddy um, and Teddy has a boyfriend, Billy. And the first time that America like properly meets Billy, he like comes to meet Teddy outside the gym. Um, and there's a line that goes, Teddy and Billy are standing so close together that they're probably in violation of a city ordinance, if not in law of physics. So good. <laughs> yeah, truly. Um, I also just want to talk about how much this fic leans into the rom com nature of it all um, and how it both like really leans into its tropes in a familiar way and also sometimes, uh, su- I don't know, subverts them but plays with them a little bit. Like Nick was saying, this is kind of a different take on fake dating. Also, like when they show up to the hotel, they're staying up for the wedding. There's two beds. And I was like, aha, this is a fun, fun thing. Um But a scene or like a trope or whatever that I absolutely loved is that right before they're going to the wedding, um, America's like, let's go. And Kate's like, I can't. I haven't done my eyeliner. And so America goes, I'll do it for you. And like leans up all in her space to do the like her eyeliner. And I was like, yes, we are essentially recreating that iconic photo of the girls in the bed doing makeup. And I was like, this is yes. Like, I love this. Give all of these perfect like rom-com tropes to femme slash fix. I super enjoy it. Yeah, one other thing I really liked in that same vein, um, the makeup scene, obviously, like, they they did it for the women, and I love that. Um, there was another moment later that really got me in my romantic emotions, uh, which is they're at the wedding, and of course you have Kate in her, like, in her, her dress, her slinky little dress that she shows up in, uh, and then America in her suit, that's one of, okay, so also, if you don't know this, uh, Ficklet's important context, um, America... She dresses in red, white, and blue 
all the time. It's her like superhero costume, but it's not really explained in the fic why she does it like in her life, which I love. It's such a funny decision um, that like she clearly gets a lot of like flack for it. People make jokes all the time and she's like, haha, laugh it up. But she never explains why she wears it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I really like And I like that, the part but... too where like at the beginning, sorry, about about America's outfits, like at the beginning, Kate's like, oh, like Miss America and America's like, don't call me that. And it's that's again also why I thought the superhero thing was gonna come into play. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Nick, I interrupted you, but I needed no, to, you're fine. I needed that was to important. put that out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, it's a lot of really good stuff. Um and I do love it when someone that's not me uh misunderstands what's happening in a story <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself yeah because that only happens to you as i spent so many minutes just explaining my district nine <laughs> incorrect lore. all of us have That's had true. some moments this episode i feel like well not me at some point we all must don the Reed clown nose <laughs> Reed and I had some moments this episode. Um, Nick, I maybe you're exempt. I don't know if you I'm had any. I'm on a surprising upswing. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how <laughs> next amazing. discussion goes. I'm flying high. Um, okay. Anyway, America is wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a black suit that she like got tailored and stuff. It's important to her, but she also obviously has her like red, white, and blue undershirt or whatever it is. Anyway. Um, they're out on the balcony and they have this like really pretty sweet moment that felt very cinematic, very picturesque. Like I, I could see it in a movie. They like, you know, go out, get some, get some air, get some quiet, are able to be themselves again after basically putting on like an improv show for the <laughs> other guests talking about their relationship. Um, and Kate shivers. And then of course, dapper America takes off her jacket and puts it around Kate's shoulders. And I was like, oh, I swoon actually. Um, it was just like such a perfect moment and it was so rom-com and it was so satisfyingly rom-com like it was placed at exactly where I wanted it to be placed like sometimes a fic just gives you exactly what you want when you want it and I really appreciated that this one did that. So earlier in this discussion Reed mentioned that the one content warning was for their apartment burning down uh, which does happen towards the end of the fic Um Kate is very sad because uh, America and her shared a kiss at the wedding. And then America was like, can't do this, bestie, and just dipped and then ghosted Kate. Which justifiably, right? At this point, America thinks Kate is straight, that it was all a lie, that they're just messing around. And America's like, I like this girl. Uh, To be fair, she could have asked a single question. I think justifiably to have a sort of like, I can't do this reaction (laughs) from America. I did think it was a little bit shitty that she ghosted her, but I mean, it, again, it's a rom com, so I feel like we gotta we gotta amp it up a little bit, right? So yeah, yeah, you gotta get the tension before the yeah. chaos of this climax. So Keith's very sad, et cetera, et cetera, and then Clint's apartment catches on fire, and Kate's like, "I gotta go get Lucky, Clint's dog, pizza dog, if you're familiar." Um, Nick shaking their head, but that's okay. I'm not. Um, I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, great. Um. And then on her way to try and rescue Lucky, she does pass out from smoke inhalation. Um, but great news. Guess who is a firefighter? It's it's your girl, America. Woo. You freaking love to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a very big deus ex machina moment. 
Um, and then Kate wakes up in the hospital and America's there because she lied to the staff and said that she was Kate's girlfriend, which again, I don't, mm, but like <laughs> immediate family like only. Covered in I like am wearing kind, her tank top. <laughs> also like probably maybe is still in her like firefighter's uniform in some way. Like <laughs> not quite sure how that one went over, but <laughs> you can be, but it was just, um, it was just funny to me. Um, but the nurses apparently were like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get back here. Yeah. <laughs> Anything for romance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was a very, it was a satisfyingly rom-com ending, I feel like. Uh, they were able to talk out their feelings. Um, during pre-discussion, though, we were discussing, however, there is no textual evidence to support this, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good opinion when you start it with, there's no reason this could be true based on... It's like half of my opinions. <laughs> um, half of my literary interpretation is there's no grounding evidence for this other than what I've made no up one in can this stop moment. Me. But I'm going to cite sources like there is. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kate wakes up after this traumatic incident, near-death incident, and I was like, what if, similarly to my interpretation of what happened to Felix... This is also in Kate's brain, and she had gone through something so horrible that she made up a good ending for herself. <laughs> it would explain America in her fire. It would explain why the, the nurses room. let America back. So that's actually yeah. that's one piece of yeah. textual evidence. <laughs> This is like when um, you had an essay due and you uh, you have an essay due yeah. and you had like uh-huh. a month to do it. But then like you just you're down to the, like the 11th hour uh-huh. um, and you're like scrambling for resources and you find a paper where like 99 percent of the paper disproves your point. Yes. But there's like one sentence that you can use in your favor. And you're like, yeah, I'll just yeah. pull this like this will be fine. <laughs> or like it doesn't even necessarily disprove your point. It's just on some, a completely different topic. But there's like yes. one line yes. that you think that if you quote it out of context, you can manipulate <laughs> it to fit what you are arguing. <laughs> Uh-huh. It was like every paper I turned in in college. <laughs> also, Nick, um, I did in Discord just drop some references for you for Pizza Dog so that you two can delight in the joy oh. of Lucky. Yeah, thank you. Let me yeah. look and I'll give Ficklets my uh, reactions. Uh-huh. Oh, that dog is eating pizza. Yeah. I see. I thought it was like that some part of it like looked like a pizza. Like it had spots like pepperoni or something. <laughs> oh, no. It's because Clint okay. feeds him It's a pretty pizza. cute dog. And then he names him Lucky. And it is oh. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Respect. Um, I do want to add to Brenna's point as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, not to Brenna's point. This is tangential. It's fine. It's all a tangent on this podcast. <laughs> um, America is a firefighter. We don't find that out until pretty much the end of the fic. But we do <laughs> have in America's POV references to her like being in uniform to working at the station. Um, and the whole time I was like, don't be a cop, don't be a cop, don't be a cop. I was like begging. I really needed her to be a firefighter. So I felt really validated. Um, and I know most of the three of us um, had a similar response to reading about America <laughs> working at the station and not uh-huh. a police officer or a firefighter. Yes. Okay, two, two things. We all had One. that reaction. <laughs> One, the way that uh, it's really genuinely offensive and, like, character slander for you to assume I would ever bring cop-adjacent propaganda to this podcast or sure. anything. Two, sure. the way that you were just bringing this up and Brenna put her whole face in her hands. <laughs> yeah. 
I do want to make it very clear, Ficklets. I did, at no point did I think America was a cop. I also just didn't consider the fact that maybe she was a firefighter or like a member of emergency response in some way. Um, the only station that existed in my brain while reading this fic was a train station. <laughs> Maybe like maybe subway like they're in New York it definitely could have been like subway but train uh. slash subway station only thing I was like America works at the ticket counter she sells little train tickets that was fully the backstory I had built for her. the fact that this also exists like it coexists with your thought that this is where they are superheroes so not only is America like the superhero who punches people but she's also a boxer and she also is a train well, I don't conductor. know that much about America and part of it part of this story was like about how like she's kind of down on her luck and her family's had all these unexpected expenses and like things that they haven't been able to pay for so I was like yeah she could to- like there's plenty of stories in which the superhero character like has a day job and then is a vigilante at night. So I just kind of assumed that that's what was and going that on. And that day with her. job is she works at a tree. <laughs> it can be anything. Read. <laughs> Let oh, America boy. work at a train station <laughs> if Jeez. she wants to. <laughs> the beautiful thing about stories is that you can use your imagination. <laughs> you know, and if you really believe something in the story, I think it can. Be if true. you really believe that's really in nice. America behind the little like plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> pushing the little tickets that little divot thing <laughs> how you do <laughs> oh boy that would be thirteen ninety five. thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> one ticket to New Jersey I don't know <laughs> I was anything. gonna say Clownville <laughs> okay well, different energy yeah I guess th- that I am buying Clownville New Jersey I am buying the ticket to Clownville <laughs> oh no from America yeah <laughs> okay oh boy well on that note um, <laughs> All Night, All Right by More Than Slightly is an absolutely delightful rom-com trope filled, um, potentially train station filled <laughs> if your heart believes it, uh, fic about Americate. Um, they are great. This fic is a blast all the way through. Um, would recommend. So in my fic, uh, Kate drove really aggressively on the way to the wedding, and that's perfect, actually, because in Brenna's fic, Daniel and Max also drive really aggressively, which makes sense because they are professional Formula One drivers. Brenna, take us to Carpet. Uh, Reed, I would be delighted to. <laughs> Welcome so to Carville, everyone. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Yes, so my fic for this week is called Careful Fear and Dead Devotion by Hardly the Wiser. Uh, It is a fic that has a lot to do with cars. So, yes, get hyped, everyone. We love transportation. Car Transportation horns. Those are not car horns. Make make some car horns, everyone. (laughs) 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 Okay, thank you. Get out of the way. Yeah. Oh, really (laughs) good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was perfect. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so this is a Formula One RPF fic, um, a fandom I am not very familiar with, uh, other than having watched a couple videos that appeared on my Tumblr uh, dash and also reading a handful of pieces of fan fiction. The pairing for this is Daniel Ricardo, Max Verstappen, um, which is pretty much the only pairing I've read for Formula One, so... 
That's really rude to say to my face when I did bring a Formula One fic to this podcast. <laughs> I pod said basically. Obviously, I meant that one. The ship was um the side the side plot to yeah. that fic. I, I I didn't come away with that with a lot of shippy feelings. I came away with no. it from it with a lot of questions about the movie Cars too. <laughs> yeah. But we're not gonna go back there right now. No 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 no. no we no, can't. No. We did that already. Um, yeah. So this is this is about. Two guys named Daniel and Max who um, I'm not that familiar with. Um, I really have no intention to like actually get into Formula One or like really learn that much about them beyond what I know at this point. But there's some really good fic out there and you know I'm a sucker for canon RPF fic. So here we are, lads. (laughs) So when I came across this fic, I had been sort of in a very large thick reading slump um we're just like I was having a hard time picking things up and then the things I did pick up I kind of felt disappointed by not necessarily because they were like bad fix just it wasn't just it just wasn't hitting for me um and then I read this on a whim and I felt out of my mind for like three days straight so uh then I had to bring it to the pod obviously um there really aren't content warnings for this fic besides the fact that like it is canon compliant, like present day, and COVID does exist in this universe. Uh, no one like gets sick or anything like that in this fic, but like the fact of the pandemic has affected their lives and like Daniel's relationships with his family and stuff like that. So that is present, just in case that's something you are keeping an eye out for. So the premise of this fic, uh, it's kind of a breakup makeup fic. Which is not something I usually gravitate towards all that much, but I am kind of fucking obsessed with it in this case, especially because, like, them being together was kind of more solidified by, like, Max ending it between them, which I just think is so fucking good and makes me feel wild. Um, But basically, the premise of this is that, like, Daniel and Max had been hooking up for a while. Max kind of called it off. Daniel's not really coping with that all that well and like having a hard time kind of getting past it and they're kind of like attempting to be friends but it's very emotionally difficult for Daniel um and then they go to Joshua Tree and I shriek um and then it works out in the end (laughs) is my really coherent and good summary but I just really like the characterization here it was really it It was really easy to get into and get invested in despite not knowing a lot about the characters. And I felt like the world building was also really good and accessible in that way. It was really immersive despite, again, not really knowing anything about actual Formula One racing. Um, So, yeah, I just felt immediately like very much in this world with Daniel, with his emotions, with what was going on. Um, I also just like really liked the writing of this fic. I thought it was incredibly well done um I'm a big fan of this AO3 author so uh yeah I think if you read it and you know me you can see (laughs) why but yeah I really enjoyed this it kind of came out of nowhere for me I like did not expect to have the reaction to it that I did um and I'm really excited to get into some of the like more nuanced points about it but before we do that my lovely co-hosts one of whom knows things about Formula One what did you two think um, hello, yes, it's me, the host with Formula One Knowledge. Um, I, for better or worse, have gotten myself into Formula One fandom in the past couple of months. Um, I watch the races most weekends that I can catch them. Um, sometimes they're very early in my time zone, and I 
don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. to watch it. Anyway, um, but I have watched a number of races and I've watched the Netflix show Drive to Survive. Um, so I do know things about the sport and these people, to some extent, at least. Um, I am by no means a fandom or sports expert. So if you are very into Formula One and you're listening to this and I get something wrong, I am sorry. Um, but that being said, wow. Oh my god, did I simply lose my gourd over and over and over again reading this fic. Um, I had read, uh, I think, one or two other fics for Formula One by this author, um, but not this one. Um, And I am glad that I read it for the first time, like, for the purpose of this podcast, because I have all of those uh, unhinged emotions just fresh and rattling around in my brain. Um, Yeah, the... The them going to Joshua Tree, Brad, I like that you phrase it as they go to Joshua Tree and you shriek and that was your summary because it does imply that, like, they go to Joshua Tree and, like, in the distance they hear, like, a shriek yeah. and that, like, impacts the story. Yeah, that's actually, that's in their read, so thanks for mentioning When they go to, like, the Skull Rock uh-huh. and they're, like, standing in the eyes and then they have to leave because they hear shrieking wow, what's resonating. That, what's that noise in the distance? And then one of them's yeah. like, oh, maybe it's just, like, a coyote. No, it was me. <laughs> Um, unlike the time that, uh, the three of us went to Joshua Tree and Brenna and I stood outside at night and, uh, we heard some coyotes in the distance and we went, haha, wouldn't it be funny if we fake howled at them? And then they all got way louder and we went, haha, time to go back inside. Um, but yes, I mean, like right before the three of us left LA, the three of us took a road trip to Joshua Tree. And I think, um, there is something so, so good about fic when you can tell an author like really knows it's stuff, whether that's the setting or the source material or whatever it is. And in this case, it hit like a lot of points for me. Um, being able to map like my own experiences of Joshua Tree and just the area and like the weirdness of LA to this story, um, as well as like what I know of the sport was super gratifying. Um, like I haven't delved super, super deep into the tag, but this is a fandom where it seems like there are a lot of AUs and even the stuff that is canon um, is more about like interpersonal stuff and less about like the sport itself. And so reading the scenes where they are racing and stuff like that was so good. Like it was so well written and felt like I can tell how much this author really likes the sport and knows a lot about it. Um, Yeah, I just I think it is always really nice when you can see an author's expertise and when it comes through really well, which this fic nailed. Um. Yeah, their relationship in this makes me feel bonkers. Um, oh boy, there's a scene I'll get to later where I was like audibly shrieking. Um, and then when we were and doing they also heard you I was in the chest. <laughs> they, they also heard me in a bar in Austin when Max was like, beep, 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 I'll get to it later. And in our pre-discussion, I grabbed my laptop screen and was shaking it, mm-hmm. screaming. And Brenna went, save this energy for the pod. So uh, get ready for that later. Um Yes. I, wow, I loved this fic. Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Formula One. Am oh, right? boy. Oh, is, that, is that your Daniel voice in your head because you kept switching accents? Oh, no, I, I hope it's don't. not. Okay. Everyone, Um, I had seen Daniel's face before reading this fic. Multiple times, but every time I thought it was Lando, who's a no. different driver. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay, and I can't believe you said that you also had no mo- moments of incorrect interpretation in this episode. <laughs> well, it's not incorrect if you don't know. Well, you know, uh, no, you can't it, know. It, it, if you write the wrong <laughs> answer on a test just because you don't know it, it's still wrong. Well, but it's not a it's test. It's not wrong if you don't know. Is 
<laughs> I can't even. Okay. Okay. I did my best. If I and just no start naming facts, and then someone's like, "Well, those aren't right," and I'm like, "Well, I didn't know. That doesn't make them right." I feel like y'all are being a little semantic. Um. <laughs> anyway, the figlets know what I meant. Um. <laughs> I did. I didn't know either of their nationalities. It names them both during the fic but at first I was just kind of rolling with it so like in my head at first he was like American and then I was like wait what's his last name then I was like Italian um and then he's like oh yeah his hometown in Perth and I was like Australia um so I would be reading his narration but especially his dialogue and like keep forgetting the accent and have to go back and be like oh shoot and then like reread the line and the correct accent but I still don't know what he sounds like well, I really assisted you in this um, <laughs> by sending you clips of Daniel from Austin Race Weekend in which he affected a bad Texan-American accent like the yeah, whole weekend. Yeah, I've only listened to that. So I literally don't know what this man sounds like. Well, hell boogity fucks. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah. um, same with Max. I don't know that man. Uh, so I did my best. Um, I don't really think you need knowledge to read this fic. Um I was able to read it and enjoy it. Um, I thought it was quite good. I think it did some interesting things with pacing and with the decisions it made around what happens when and what gets screen time. And I always think that's interesting when authors do things that I don't expect in that way that land. So yeah, overall, I definitely did enjoy it. I don't think it made me feel quite as out of my gourd as my co-hosts. <laughs> Um, I used all my gourd energy earlier in the episode, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm I'm low gourd. Um, <laughs> is that how that works? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is in the fic click canon now. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. So I I did feel completely out of my gourd. Gourds in space. Gourds being shot by laser beams. Destructions <laughs> of gourds. Um, it's the gourd destruction horn yeah gourds on the racetrack being crashed into like the gourds are gone the gourds are gone um it's like a mario kart track where instead of leaving bananas people are leaving gourds that's exactly what we're talking about here um the gourds are on the racetrack obviously (laughs) toss my gourd out the window (laughs) of my moving vehicle But yeah, if you've been listening to this podcast or you know me outside of this podcast or potentially both, um, you will know that one of the things I love most deeply in fan fiction is when I feel like an author has really convinced me of a pairing. Um, Like, that's what I pretty much go into every fic wanting. I mean, a little bit different for like the fics where I've read like the same pairing a million times. We We can play in that space more. But when I first read a fic for a pairing, like... I want to be convinced of it. And that's one of the reasons I like canon stuff so much. And I feel like this fic just did an incredible job of immersing me in this world so immediately. And like Daniel's head is a really interesting space to be in because so Daniel's having a bit of a rough time. Like his career, it's it's okay, but it's not stellar. He's not where he wants to be at. It's There's been a lot of recent disappointments. Um, and then obviously with this thing with Max is hitting him really hard. The fact that he hasn't been able to go home in a long time because of COVID and Australia's shutdowns and everything. Like, it could be easy for Daniel's head to not be, like, an enjoyable space to be in as a reader. And, like, it's not like an easy or fun space necessarily, but I found it a very compelling space to be in. I think it handled his emotional beats in a really effective and compelling way. 
like it didn't feel like it was hitting me over the head with it at any point but like there were also these moments where he'll have a realization or you'll kind of he'll be admitting something to himself basically and therefore also to you as the reader that just like hit so hard for me and exactly the kind of stuff that I'm just like obsessed with like I feel like it's very I don't know whatever writing workshop 101 to be like show me don't tell me but like I do I think like this fic was really this fic did a really good job of like showing me Daniel's emotions towards Max and how he's feeling um rather than just like writing it out that he has feelings for Max and I love that part and like the way it plays out and I think Nick has some stuff to say about like flashbacks and how those are handled in this fic but I think that was one of the things that really played into it well for me wow thanks Brenna you're so welcome I'll take it from here (laughs) (laughs) I do have things to say So a lot of the times in fic and in published works, I'm going to be honest, I'm very guilty of straight up skipping flashbacks. The italics start, my eyes are glazing over, and I am moving. I say, we got to go, people. Um, I just don't have the time. It's National Novel Writing Month, y'all. I got to get moving. Um, So that means a lot of the times I do miss out on flashbacks in fics. Um, Not for the pod. I do read the entirety of fics that we discuss for the sake of... um, integrity as a podcast host Um, but in general it's just like not my favorite thing I think that a lot of flashbacks make stories drag I think that there it's information that can be um, shared in other ways that make me more interested and feel more like connected to the present moment in the fic this fic had quite a few flashbacks and all of them were excellent Um, (laughs) it didn't do the thing where like the character is like "Mm," he sat on his bed and he thought about what happened that fateful night six months earlier italics <laughs> that night he went to blah like <laughs> he didn't do that yeah. which i appreciated um it just went right into it um uh, and it really looked at very particular very specific grounded scenes um that felt like they were happening in the like it felt like we were transported back to the present moment rather than watching a character remember something um and at the same time we still in the present of the storyline got Daniel's reactions and responses to what had happened and how he was making sense of it in his head and how his brain was like dealing with these memories and the emotional impact they had. So I just really liked it. It wasn't the way that they were placed in the story. Most of them were toward the beginning, um, which I think helped keep us oriented around everything that was happening because a lot of this story, you know, it picks up and Daniel's like, man, that thing with Max is over now, huh? Uh, I'm making this sound worse than it is. It, was, it did that in a good way. Um, and so then we go back and we get to see a bit of what, what that thing with Max was and how it ended and how Daniel was feeling about it. And I just think that the placement was very clever. The execution was really good. And when it needed to let things run in the present, the story was not hesitant about doing that. Um, so it made me feel like there's this idea. I've talked about it, I think, a very long time ago on the podcast. Maybe on the podcast? I've talked about it before of this idea where authors in general have this like piggy bank and they get coins when they do things in a way that makes you trust their authorial judgment. Uh, If there's a particularly good characterization moment, if there's a plot twist that really makes sense, uh, even though you didn't see it coming, if there's things that like make you willing to go places with this author, then they get those coins and then they can spend them. Uh, in various ways when you know as an author sometimes you need a reader to like go with you like stick with me here I promise we're going somewhere and it's going to be worth it in the end and you have to have coins to be able to spend them 
And I felt like this author did a really good job of balancing gaining coins and also spending them in a way that kept me really in the story and feeling like, okay, yeah, wherever this is going to go, I'm interested in seeing it because I think it's going to be good and it's going to be executed well. Yeah, I'm not going to get like too much into it um, because we normally skirt around the NSFW stuff on this podcast. Um, but similar to Nick's feelings of like, I normally skip flashbacks. Um, quite honestly, sometimes in fic, when it gets to the explicit stuff, I just, my eyes glaze over, I skip right past it. And I, I think when I do that, it's because it feels kind of formulaic or like the author felt like they had to put it in. Like, okay, here's the getting together. And now I'm going to like prove to you that they're together by putting in this scene. Um, that is not the case for this fic. Uh, every single one of those scenes felt necessary and also made me gourdless. Another thing I wanted to talk about, touching on a way earlier point of Nick's, um, Nick, you had said there was a through line between your fic and Brenna's, and um, mm -hmm. it's different than the one that I'm going with. Um, oh. But well, I don't want to. I don't want to. Do, would you like to share yours? Because I don't want to steal your. Yeah, Daniel's Australian and Felix is also Australian. Kate is not, so we're only two for three. But I just thought that was like <laughs> mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Um, mine's a little more abstract. Uh, this is my, I hope I've given you some coins in the piggy bank. Bear with me as I draw this kind of whack comparison, probably. You talked about that sort of feeling of like when someone is really famous or whatever, and in fic, they get to sort of fantasize about having a normal life. Um, and there was a line from this fic that ruined me. So basically during like a break between races, Daniel's in LA. He does not know that Max is in LA until Max like texts him and things between them are like, quote unquote fine they've said that they're friends but it is the vibe is weird um and uh max is like i'm bored it's hot blah 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 and daniel's like you want to go to joshua tree and max goes okay so like daniel just up and leaves he's like two of his friends like his trainer and someone else related to him i don't know um are like staying in the apartment with him they just happen to be out and daniel's like goodbye i'm gone um they go on this overnight trip to joshua tree gourdless brent and i shrieking in the desert etc etc mm -hmm. um <laughs> And they get back and Daniel's trainer and like childhood friend Michael is like, where the fuck have you been? Max's assistant was like texting me, like wondering if like Max is going to come back in one piece, like blah, blah, blah. And the fic reads, it's everything Daniel hates most about his life. People he doesn't know speculating on his personal shit, the way everything gets tangled between work and play, how he can't just disappear for 12 hours without it being a fucking international crisis. And like... Daniel taking Max on this little Joshua Tree trip is not the same as Felix daydreaming about being a college student. They are different sort of <laughs> like it, this is not a casual thing sure. Daniel did. But that feeling of like always oh, being in the spotlight like this is really tough for Daniel. He is, as we have talked about, not going through things well. And like he's trying to navigate a really like messy and complicated time in his life. And also he's under the microscope of everybody like watching what he's doing. And his like trainer slash best friend is like. Trying to be there from, for him as a person, but also make sure, like, hey, Daniel, if you're slipping in the races, like, it's probably also going to make your mental health worse. And everything is so complicated. And I just had a lot of feelings about, like, the inability to take a breather that, like, even this, like, little weekend getaway, like, couldn't just be complicated for the emotional reasons. It had to be complicated for all of these other reasons, too. One thing I found kind of funny related to that, um, aside from the anguish, obviously. Of... <laughs> yeah, the anguish that you found really funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, so funny. No, there's a line when they're getting the um, like the motel or the hotel room or whatever, their little bungalow thing that they're in, uh, where Daniel says, he's certain no one will recognize him here. And my note was just, yeah, I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. I did think about that a lot, too. Like, I would have no clue. Or if I did, are. I would be like, Lando. And he'd be like, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think off of Reed's point, one of the things that, like, I found very emotionally devastating in this fic that isn't just related to, like, the Max and Daniel of it all, but, like, related to, like, Daniel's headspace is, like, we're very aware that not going home for so long has impacted Daniel, and he has these, like, few kind of emotional, like, FaceTime scenes with his family and stuff, or maybe they're phone calls slash FaceTimes, etc. At one point, he sees his mom's cows and cries. Anyway, um... (laughs) Uh, but along with like his own desire to go home is very mixed up with his desire to be able to like bring Max back to Australia with him too. And like that part made me feel deeply unwell, friends. Um, I think like the contrast between the scene in the desert where like, uh, Max is like taking some photos of Daniel and it's all feeling very normal and like happy. And Daniel's like looking at one of the ones where like, he's really smiling and he's thinking about bringing Max like back to Australia with him and like showing him all of his favorite things and like all the things that they could do. And then Daniel's like, you know, like, why does he keep forgetting Max dumped him? He's not going to fucking Australia. That contrasted with like the kind of climactic scene towards the end where Daniel and Max like go out for some drinks after a race and Daniel's sort of just like musing and like in in not a serious way but in just sort of like a what if way about what if he just went home for the next year like what if he just like went back to Australia and like Max kind of like freaks the fuck out (laughs) about it and he's like you absolutely can't retire and Daniel's like this isn't really up to you uh And then later on, when Max comes to try and, like, clumsily apologize and express his own feelings, he's like, I don't want to go to Australia with you. And Daniel's like, what the fuck? Because obviously, like, that hurts. But then Max... Sorry. (laughs) This one just, you guys. I feel like so often I read fics for this pod and, like, they're very good. And I, like, I have a lot to say about them. But, like, you know that sometimes it just, like, fucking hits for you. And this one, like, really. Sometimes it becomes visceral. Like, it's just, I don't know, all of those scenes about how, like, it's so much for Daniel in his own space to want to, like, or in his own mind to want to be able to, like, go home to this, like, safe space that he hasn't been able to occupy in the midst of all this, like, personal turmoil. And then to also want to bring Max there, but that to be such, like, a fucked up, complicated desire of his. Really just... Oh! I had both a good and terrible time with it. Can I talk about the thing that had me um, physically shake my laptop yeah, screen earlier? Yeah, go for it, please. If you must. Great. Thank you. Um, This is where I once again give the disclaimer that like I'm in Formula One, but I'm still learning. So if I get some of these details wrong, please forgive me. Um, So the big thing with Max and Daniel and why in part they are as popular of a ship as they are is because when Daniel started his professional racing career, he started with Red Bull. He had had been in their sort of like um, feeder team and then he like moved up to like the proper Red Bull team. Um, and he was really good. Like, he is a very good driver. Um, to my knowledge, he has never won a championship, but, like, was placing, like, really high. Um, and then Max comes along, and Max is, like, I don't know, eight years younger than him or something. Um, and he's, like, sort of the up-and-comer. And then there's sort of the realization that Max is here to stay and that Max is only going to keep getting better and better. And in the 2018 season, I think, there was just a lot of rumors surrounding Red Bull about whether or not they were going to re-sign Daniel. Um... And kind of before they could officially cut him, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to a different team. And he went to Renault for two years, which was kind of a whack choice because they weren't 
nearly as good of a team as Red Bull. Also, something that makes me kind of wordless about this sport is there are only 20 spots. The entire professional sport is made up of 20 people. And so it's it's tough. And if your team decides you're not performing and wants to cut you, like, there is not a guarantee that you're going to find a seat on another team um, because there are 10 teams and two racers per team. I do not know any of this. Mm -hmm. I definitely thought there were more of them. 20, 20 people. And it's like with your teammate, it's like, okay, yes, you're technically teammates. And like Red Bull as a whole wants the two people to work together to get points. But yeah, there's competition within them. And also quite frequently in Formula One that you can tell when a team is favoring one driver, giving them a better car or like sort of strategizing better for them or like straight up, especially with Mercedes and Red Bull, they'll like tell the driver that isn't Max or Lewis to be like, hey, we need you to slow up or do this or do this to help this other guy oh get in a better God. place because they want their driver to win the championship and they want to get better points. And so it's complicated. It's only 20 people. My odds of breaking into Formula One are lower than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so Daniel leaves Red Bull and it's a whole big to do. And I, I think this happened concurrently, but Red Bull's like, okay, well, if we don't have Daniel, we're going to sign Sergio Perez, whose nickname is Checo. And that's fine. Max and Checo are fine as teammates, as far as I'm aware. So in this fic, <laughs> when Brenna mentioned that scene where they go to a bar and, uh, you know, Daniel's like, Haha, maybe I'll retire. What Max says that I rattle, fucking rattle, gordless. Sorry, I'm yelling. I'm going to have to turn the audio down on this so much. <laughs> where um, Max says you could have Checo's seat. And Daniel goes, Jesus Christ, Max, what's wrong with you? And Max goes, I just meant if you want a better car, okay, if that's the problem, you can have one. You were the one who left. You don't have to just give up. And it, it, you, what the fuck, Max? You can't <laughs> offer Daniel Checo's seat. First of all, he just straight up doesn't have that power. But also, like, the implications of it and also the, like, you left, you gave up. Because the whole narrative around Max and Daniel is that, like, Max was shoving Daniel out because, like, it became very clear that Red Bull was prioritizing Max. And they were, like, giving him the better stuff. And, like, they were not putting all their attention towards him, but that they had kind of, like, left Daniel for dirt, which is why people weren't sure if they were going to re-sign him. And so for Max to be, like, you left, you gave up, but I'll, like, haha, who gives a fuck about my teammate? Like, you should just come back. I mean, also, like, the narrative in this story of, like, Max being the one to, like, call it off very uh-huh. abruptly and, like, leave and then to be, like, you're the one who laughs when Daniel feels very left behind by Max. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I ju- I'm so fucking unwell. <sighs> I'm so unwell. Also, sorry, Checo. Like, brutal. That's so that's Yeah, so that's tough. tough. That's tough for Checo. Yeah. I don't know that man. No, well, he's, <laughs> me he's either. nice. He's good. Oh, that's good. He's probably fine, but yeah. he's irrelevant to me in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, one thing that really shockingly made me emotional to the point where I was like, why am I feeling anything about this? Uh, was there's a moment in Joshua Tree where there's a little bunny in the road and Daniel's like, oh, I grew up on a farm or something. Um, I could just go and shoo the bunny, but the two of them just wait in the car silently. And in Daniel's head, he's like, oh, this little bunny, she'll probably hop away eventually. Oh, there she goes. Um, and Max says aloud as the, as the bunny goes, like, oh, he needs to get to safety or something. That's not what Max said, but you know what I mean. Um, the, the, the pronouns are different. And in that moment, like, it was such a small, effective thing to show, like, 
what kind of a shorthand for being on different pages? What kind of a shorthand for having different perspectives on things? Like, I just thought it was astonishingly clever to do it the way that this author did it. I've never seen an author make me have feelings about bunny pronouns. And yet here I am sitting here like, oh, my God. Um, so I did just really love that. And I wanted to shout it out. Yeah. Can I? The actual line from Max is kind of stupid. He says he needs to learn when to go or he'll get eaten, which is like oh, the line you. itself is. Sorry. That, I just had thank to read you, it because like, yeah, no, it's, it's good. good. It also gives you like. Mm, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's talking about one thing, but we as a reader are applying it to so many other parts of the story. And like, how do you do so much in such a tiny, seemingly inconsequential scene? I'm furious. Unfortunately for myself, and I can't read it, like we've already been talking about so many things, so I'm not going to make our listeners suffer through this, but I am just looking at like sort of my ending notes where I kept pulling lines (laughs) and like fucking screaming, like hurling myself into the sun. Um, Mm. Can I just really quick give my one criticism with this fic? (laughs) Sure. Please. Yeah. So um, as previously mentioned, the three of us went to Joshua Tree. (laughs) And so in this fic, they're... (laughs) In this fic, they're driving to Joshua Tree, and Daniel puts on the killers because he's like, oh, good desert song for, like, desert driving. And all I want to say, Daniel, is that the three of us made a playlist called Desert Screaming that is, I think, 23 hours long that was made specifically for the drive to Joshua Tree. And I just think if you wanted good desert tunes, why don't you listen to Desert Screaming? You could be listening to I Can't Stop Me by Twice. Like, Uh come on, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. You could be listening to Wooji. <laughs> Desert Screaming is a no skips playlist, which Daniel would know if he yeah. listened to it. Oh, uh, 20, 23 TV. hours of no skips. No skips. Daniel, well, Daniel and Max would have to institute the, like, you get, I, maybe they could, would get two skips each for a trip of, like, that. And, um, but you can earn an extra skip if you correctly guess what song is going to go on shuffle next. <laughs> Yeah. Which are the rules of desert screaming, so. It's yeah. a delicate yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right, Reed. That's a really valid and uh, yeah. true criticism of this. I know. Almost perfect fic. Right. Yeah. So before we wrap up for this fic, we have alluded the the pros in it is really knockout. And I did, uh, for once, pull lines from the fic. So I thought it would be fun if we each shared maybe just like one line from this fic that really... Um, upset us somewhere deep in our souls uh, that we could share for the ficlets to hear and get a better sense before we call it. So the line that I am going to bring uh, is after, spoilers, pew-pew, uh, Daniel Podiums and uh, Michael, who's his like agent, comes in to celebrate. Um, and it says, he's smiling big and it makes Daniel want to cry, like Sadie at her second birthday overwhelmed by attention and sobbing as she smears cake over her face. I just said, ouch, in my comments. I'm going to just briefly chime in. I did look this up. Um, because This fic kind of like uh, takes some liberties with the second half of the 2021 season and does what it wants for fic purposes, which is great. But yeah. it was uh, this fic was published the day after Daniel's actual first podium in the Formula One season and his first win since Daniel. 2018. I looked it up because I had a lot of well, feelings about... Well, hell. <laughs> yeah, hell boogity. Get it right. Oh, sorry. Hell boogity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, this is a bit that I know also made Reed feel unwell. But um, kind of back to my also my feelings about... Daniel and his feeling his relationship with like going home and how he feels about Max and all of that he says uh towards the end like you can come visit Perth when this is all over if you want to 
that's friends, Daniel says, watching Max's cheek jump as he holds something in. He feels tired, like dragging his car through P10 for a whole race just to slip into 11th, one big ache with nothing to show for it. So in Max's very stumbling apology to Daniel, when he's trying to explain, like, why he called things off in the first place, he talks about how, like, they hooked up and then he that, like, next race after is, like, one of the worst races he had and he thought he was really distracted. And so then comes this bit. So I thought, maybe, if I couldn't have it anymore, I would stop thinking about it. But then, every day, I just kept thinking about it. And every day was the worst day, even with a good race. A new worst day, over and over. And I said, I wish for a swift death. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking gordless thanks folks. to yeah. this AO3 user <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, we've flipped from death of an author to death of a podcast death host so that was our discussion of careful fear and dead devotion a fic for a fandom I never thought I'd be reading for but made me feel just launched into space um, really enjoyed it if you have any interest in Formula One or just kind of like you like sports RPF I think this is a really good one uh, yeah obviously we had many things to say and shriek about it and yeah I, I do think like I want to talk about it on the pod because of the Joshua Tree element as well all three of us uh. having gone on a trip I was like this will be Potent. <laughs> Even though it was. You know, our trip had a different vibe. But, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but still, you know, that familiarity with the place and stuff, I think, really can kind of pack a punch. So, yeah, I love this one. Uh, would highly recommend if you feel any sort of interest from our discussion. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit Click. We hope you enjoyed listening to our little show. Um, if you want more of us, then you can do a lot of things, really. You can find us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter and Tumblr at Fit Click. And you can send us an email if you want to communicate long form at fitclickpod at gmail.com. Well, partner, we're just a little podcast over here. So if you want to help us out big time, you can help spread the word to your friends, maybe even your family, maybe your coworkers or neighbors. Uh, you can also retweet our episodes on Twitter. And hey, we're also doing our rec exchange. So signing up and participating in that also helps us grow. And if you're looking to meet up with some like-minded folks, you can also join our Discord server. You can find the link in our link tree. Uh, it's a real good time. You can get some good recs, talk about this pod, talk about internet, fandom, all kinds of stuff. So come on over and join us. If you like our podcast and you'd like to support us, you can pick up some merch. Uh, the link to that is on our link tree. Got some real cute designs uh, done by Brenna um, and friend of the pod, Tiffany. Thank you. Uh, we got a hat. We got sticker packs. We got lots of good stuff for y'all. We've got mugs as well and notebooks. Next time on the podcast, we'll be returning to one of our hit series, Fandom Classic. Uh, we did, once upon a time, have a uh, submission form where you could send in recommendations. Uh, that's lost to the ether of our Twitter. Sorry about that one. Someone anonymous sent in a fic. I'm about to speak in my normal voice so that you all can find it. Um, we are doing a fandom classic <laughs> for the fic Presque Vu by Rage Proofrock uh, for the fandom Inception. Um, 
as evidenced in this episode, uh, we do love to talk about Inception when it's not really relevant, so I'm excited to talk about it when it is the only relevant thing. That episode will be coming out on November 26th. Oi, me head hurts. I'm going to go live in a world on the safety of my own mind. Bye. <laughs> well, I'm going to go feed my dog some pizza. No, I won't. He's 14. That won't go well for him, but I will think about it. Bye. Well, friends, I'll be driving out to the desert to shriek into the night. See you next time. Bye.